This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Wallace dips inside and hits. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Uh, we've got another interview for you today. Uh, now, before I introduce our guest, uh, I'm also joined by Giles. Uh, Giles, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, well, a bit disappointed. We uh, we lost again. That's four losses in a row. So, yeah, we're going for a bit of a bad patch at the moment. So I'm not in the best of moods. Should have told me that before. I did not not invited you on, but anyway. <laughs> now this uh, this former owl uh, has played for a number of clubs, including Brentford, Brighton, Reading, and Adelaide United, all the way in Australia. I'll not name all of them because we might be here all week if I do. But he's uh, best known in this neck of the woods for being the minute man and raising the roof. Uh, and he's a Ghanaian international. Uh, it's Lloyd Awusu, everyone. Lloyd, how are you, mate? You all right? Yes, guys. What's happening? Thank you for having me on. No problem, no problem. Like I said, you have played for uh, for quite a few uh, quite a few clubs there. There's some some interesting ones, which I'm sure we'll uh, sure we'll get yep. onto uh, in a in a bit. Um, but first of all, obviously, it all began. Uh, obviously, just just saying, you know, South East London. You signed for uh, for Slough Town. That is in South East London, isn't it? Slough. Oh, just, right? just uh, south of London, just like southwest of London. Yeah. Um, yeah. Am, am I right in saying that? You you might not have been a footballer when you were when you were younger. Yeah, to be fair, I've done a bit of football obviously, but athletics is probably a bit more my my protocol. You know, I used to love my athletics, but I guess with my athletics, that was to give me the sort of the the facets to have everything in all different sports. You know, so uh, I used to love it. I used to compete all over all over Great Britain. Uh, what discipline? Of, Sprinting. Yeah, just yeah. I was more yeah, I was more a sprinter, sprinter and a jumper, long jump and high jump. But uh, I loved my hundred and two hundred. And uh, yeah, I, I just, yeah, like I said, I, I used to love that as well. But then football sort of came to me at the age of about 13, 14 at, at a more serious level. I mean, I was playing when I was like under 10s, under 11s. But when I got to that 14, 15 years age, I thought, yeah, football, I like, I like a bit of this. And then uh, that's when I started playing a bit football a bit more serious. Yeah, I mean, just, just for go on, Giles, have you always been football from like a small, like from a young kid? No, I'm um, a little bit similar to Lloyd in a way. Um, obviously, like Lloyd said, Obviously, you're playing football from your 10, 11. But I think when you start getting to 14, 15, it starts getting a little bit more serious. And, you know, you start breaking into teams. For example, like I was at just a Sunday league team up until um, 16. And then I managed to to get a trial at QPR um, and get in at 16. And that's when it starts getting serious. I don't know how it was with you, Lloyd. What what was your... Very very similar to me. Uh, Again, uh, local football, under 10s to under 15s. And then... I got just before uh, YT, I went to Crystal Palace for a year as schoolboy. Uh, I didn't make the grade there to go to that next level for YTS. And then obviously I dipped back into the non-league uh, with Stout Town youth team and then uh, progressed on to the, to the reserves and obviously first team. So yeah, very similar to you, Giles, there. At that point then, so you said you're at Crystal Palace. Was there ever a, a point where you think, no, you've not got in, you thought, that's it, I've had enough of this, I'm not doing it. Because for some people, it could do that, couldn't it? Do you know what I mean? They could think, I'm not, I've not made the grades, I'm not mm. good enough, that's it, I've done with football. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's a good shout. I mean, look, for me, my 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 upbringing from my Ghanaian background and mum and dad was always very focus-based and also just the mentality that I had individually. Although I never made it, I always said to myself, I'm, I would one day become a pro, maybe like until I'm 2021, 20, like at later at end of yeah. my adult uh, or early adulthood anyway. I thought I'd, I'd still make it, but I never knew when. But like I said, I just kept grinding away, playing non-league football, uh, playing at, at Stout Towns, uh, like I said, in the reserves and, and youth team by the time I'm 17, 18. And then luckily got the opportunity to play in the first team in the conference then. And then from there, I never really looked back. I always thought, you know what, it's going to happen someday, just a matter of, Obviously, you have to have a bit of luck along the way, but I just believe that hard work and determination, that's what I did. Yeah, I mean, uh, you were banging them in for Slough, weren't you? Like, 
starting off with your with your debut. Um, yeah. Hat trick was it in, on your debut? Was that uh, right? Four, actually four. four. Okay. Three, mate. Yeah, four yeah. Goals, hey, four make sure you tell him. Make sure yeah, you yeah. tell him. Yeah, <laughs> not three, four, not James. Three, four, right? Yeah, that was that was a uh, that was dreams come true for me. Like I, like I said, I was playing in the reserve team and then I was doing quite well, scoring goals. And then Brian McDermott, who was a manager at the time, he said, Lloyd, you're doing well. I want to bring you up to the first team. I'm actually going to drop one of the main centre forwards for you, who was Mark West at the time, who was a non-league legend striker. He says, look, go and, go, go and give it your best. And I'm, as you can imagine, 18-year-old, I was nervous. But I went out there, didn't even look back and uh, scored scored four goals and we won 6-0. So we uh, walked away with a match ball, plus man and match. And uh, next day I was in all the papers and uh, I was buzzing. I was about to say, that, did that generate quite a bit of interest in you? Yeah, straight away, to be fair, as soon as that happened, there was, a, like I said, every single newspaper on that Sunday morning. Because uh, back in them days, the conference was a good level. It was a real good level. Mm. Like, we had yeah, good that, now then, Lloyd, Giles still mm. plays in conference. It's, it's, he'll tell you yeah. it's still a decent level. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, quality. Like I said, <laughs> back in my day, we had, a, like, Jason Roberts was coming through, Kevin Betsy, Barry Hales was coming through, uh, yeah. Lee Hughes went on to yeah. West Brom. Everyone, that's some good players, some good experience, good youngsters, yeah. but going through. So yeah, so, so luckily I, I did well there. Papers were talking and then uh, a lot of clubs started to come down to Wexham Park to watch us. Uh, not It wasn't just even me with a couple of other good youngsters as well. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, luckily I got the opportunity to go to Brentford on a, or they bought me in the end. But with that, what happened with, with Slough Town, I actually signed a two-year contract with them. And then... Uh, what, well, after season, you scored your four goals yeah, before that? Yeah, after. After. So after my four, four goals, I scored a contract, scored a two, signed a two-year deal. And then uh, we did quite well the following season. Ended up fourth in the league, semi-final FA Trophy. But in the, the following year, the uh, Football League uh, changed the criteria. They said that every stadium had to be a certain criteria. But our chairman at the time, he thought, nah. He goes, our oh, stadium's okay. So the league said, if you don't want to upgrade your stadium, you've got to get demoted. So they actually demoted mm. Slough Town. Yeah, it was deep. They, they demoted oh, Slough Town. Oh, so that's Town. how, that's, that, is that how Slough slowly Got started climb, coming down? Climb, I bro. see. Yeah, because like I said, they were on the rise and then all of a sudden, bang, they dropped from like, if I'm not mistaken, like two or three divisions, they dropped Slough from yeah. even below. Yeah, yeah, it was deep. It like was below Ryman Prem even, I think, was it? Below Ryman Prem. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So I'm like, so myself, it was myself, guy called Danny Bolt, uh, Matty Stoll. We were like, hold on, why? We're youngsters. We want to try and progress our careers and go up to the next level. We shouldn't be going down to a division that we haven't. You know what I mean, it's not our fault that the that the chairman doesn't want to pay. So I'm like, mm. this ain't fair. So he says, no, look, guys, what we're going to look to do with you youngsters, especially, we're going to look to either get you on a trial at conference clubs or even league uh, the old division two at the time, league league two clubs, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, or even try and sell you. So with me, he made me go. Uh, he got me a month trial at Walsall. So I was okay. like, wow, man. Big old walls on that. At that time, I'm like freaking conference boy going into like in the professional environments. I was nervous. But yeah, luckily yeah, yeah. Uh, for myself, there was players like Michael Ricketts at the time, Clive Platt, who were youngsters at Walsall. So when I got there, they made me feel really welcome, which was really good. But as you can imagine, a player who's only t- training twice a week and going in this full-time environment, man was nervous, bruv. It was just like, I went the first session, remember balls bouncing off my shin. I'm like, oh, this, I'm, I'm, yeah. out of my, I'm out of my depth. <laughs> but I got, in, I got into it I got into it and the boys really made me feel welcome and then uh, two weeks in I get a phone call from Brian McDermott goes where are you Lloyd I said I'm just on my way into training he said uh, look I've just sold you to Brentford and I thought it was winding <laughs> me up yeah serious I thought it was, he said uh, just sold you to Brentford for £25,000 I'm like oh serious Brian goes yeah listen go go and say thank you to Ray Graydon and then uh, tell him thank you for the opportunity so I went to see the gaffer Ray Graydon at Walsall I said look I heard that Brian's called you he says oh, Lloyd look you were doing okay. We wanted to see you for a couple more weeks. And then, but if you've got an opportunity, you've got to take it. So, uh, yeah, I threw down, drove, drove back down to London, met up Brian. And then we went to go and meet Ron Nodes, may he rest in peace, uh, at the airport with Ray Lewinson. And, uh, yeah, signed a pre-contract there because they were flying out to uh, La Manga for pre-season training. All so right. I met up with them. Yeah, so so then, sorry, sorry, Lloyd. So yeah. just to interrupt you there, were you, how long were you at Slough? So when you broke into the team and you yeah. scored your four goals, how many games then did you play for, for Slough before you actually went to Brentford? To Brentford, yeah. So that probably, so it works about probably just under 50 games. So just a season that, so that the season, like I say, that season 96, it, yeah, so 90, I had 96, 97 season and then I had 97, 98 season and then it was 99. So like two, like two seasons at, at Slough Town, like, before okay. I sort of got into that professional year. So I was there because I was about 18 and I signed for Brentford 2021. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, that happened then. And like I said, signed for priest, signed a uh, signed a pre agreement with them. They flew off to Lamanga. I went off to do the medical, and uh, as they say, the rest is history. 
Yeah, I mean, I just want to touch on that. You said you know the, the late Ron Ron Noakes. I mean, looking, he, he was a, he was the chairman and the manager as well. Correct. Yeah, so he had got he had he had obviously left Crystal Palace, so he was he was looking for a new a new club to to a new baby in a way because he was I mean he was very comfortable. So uh, he bought Brentford, and his his old his game his aim was obviously to get them back promoted because they had been relegated from Division Two League One to Division to League Two uh, at that time. So. Uh, he wanted to build a team that could obviously go back up and fair play to him. He, 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 he immersed a great team of experience, youth. Uh, and we just, yeah, we went from strength to strength. I mean, yeah, I mean, like it's very, I mean, if Chancery started picking the team, uh, although there's been rumours that that's, that's been, has been happening at Sheffield Wednesday, but you'd be thinking what's happening here. Like, but to, to have a chairman as a manager, it's not really, it's not something that you normally see that, is it? Yeah. Again, was, it, was, it, was, was he hands on or was he just? Yeah. To a certain extent, you know, but Ray, Ray Lewin and Terry Bullivan and uh, Brian Sparrow, may he rest in peace as well. Uh, they, they sort of, they took all the sessions and everything. What the, the gaffer at the time was just obviously the face man. And he was on the side. Obviously, yeah, he had his input of, who was who would play as well, but them other three were the main the main guys taking the sessions and doing and doing the team structure. Yeah, I mean, so what was it like then going from you know non-league slough to a full professional outfit in in Brentford? You've already alluded to the fact that you know you were training twice a week. So I'm guessing yeah. then what five five yeah. times a week with Brentford. Yeah, yeah like, but luckily, yeah, luckily for myself at my time at Slough Town, I had a mentor called Danny Bailey, again another ex-pro who came down to Leeds uh, and he played for Slough Town. And then I remember him, he, he saw me after the training session, he, he came up to me after, he never knew me from Adam, never knew me. Obviously he'd seen me in, just in training, but didn't know me. He says, he says uh, you got something about you, kid. And I'm like, oh, thanks. He goes, uh, so I just started building a real relationship with him, like a big uncle relationship. So what happened after, what I was doing every Sunday after a game, I'd pay for Slough Town. And Danny used to say to me, you know what, mate? Because if you want to get to that next level, you've got to be at a level in regards of your fitness as well. So he said to me, I'm going to train you every Sunday. So after games, I'd go up to Walthamstow, East London, and train with him three, four hours a day. A man was after, like after a game. After, yeah, yeah, Giles. I would go wow. every Sunday. Yeah. So every so he said, you need to if you if you want to get to that next level, you've got to be up to these boys because these boys train every day. So I'd go after a game, after a 90-minute game, I'd go and do bike riding, swimming, footballs, technical stuff. And it was so funny because I always remember I always tell these my two, I always call them my little nephews, Colin Kazim Richards, uh, uh Kieran Richardson. And Bradley Johnson, they were at the time, they were like little youngsters. They were like only 10, 11, because they all used to play for Danny's Academy. But these boys, when they were 10, 11, they were unbelievable players. And they used to come, yeah, they used yeah, to come yeah. sometimes. Brad, oh, they Brad, were, they were... Bradley's one of my, my best mates. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So he's top boy. So they used to train with Danny and then they used to come. And they used, them, them guys were teaching me skills and stuff. They were brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were yeah. brilliant. Oh, it, was, it was excellent. And uh, obviously from there, I used to train all the time. And then in the summer, Danny used to take me to Cyprus in the preseason. And we'd go and do map, uh, altitude training in the in the hills and everything. Just he always knew that, just in case I had that base, because he just he saw something in me. And ever since then, I've I've appreciated everything he did for me, man. So it, yeah, I honestly, was, I I'd love ready. I I'd love. Well, I hope we've got a lot of youngsters that listen listen to this because it just shows that hard work mm. can pay off. You know, you've got to put that the work goes. in, Lloyd. You know what I mean? And and yeah, for yeah. you to do that after playing a game on a Saturday, ninety minutes on yeah. a Sunday. So then yeah. go and do three, four hours a day. Look, like, boy, yeah, a man. lot of credit. A lot of credit to you Thank for doing you. that, Thank man. You. Yeah, so that was, yeah, that was good, man. I mean, um, obviously, so I, I, we're not like getting to the specifics in, in money and stuff, but I mean, can you remember getting your first, uh, you know, your first proper paycheck then at, at Brentford? Uh, yeah. I, bet you, I bet you was out every night, champagne, women, <laughs> the lot, weren't you? You know, oh, I mean, I, I would have certainly been anyway. Um, listen, I, know I was on Slough Town, I was on £50 a week, like back in them days of peanuts. And then obviously the day when I met one nose, he told me the contract. And I mean, at the time it was like £350 a week. I'm like, this is like amazing. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, when, you look yeah. at, when you look at those still peanuts, but I was like, wow. And then yeah. it was a thousand pound a goal. I've seen how many goals you've scored for Brentford as well. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, 2,500, 2,500 for. Uh, for every sign, for every year, that's a little sign-on bonus. And obviously you get appearance money on top of that. I was just like, couldn't believe it. So, you know what I mean? My first pay pack opened. It was nice. Give, looked after mum, paid to give her a bit of, give her a bit of rent money now. She wanted the rent money. So, uh, yeah, it was good. It was nice. Yeah. I mean, obviously from, you had a you know fantastic time at, uh, at Brentford, um, you know, promotion in first season. I was looking, you're leading goal scorer if, uh, if not not all, if uh, I think the seasons that you were there or near near like there thereabouts, yeah. um, you know I think things kind of it seemed that at Brentford 
everything you touch turned to gold. Would you say that was like kind of yeah. kind of true? I mean, I'm I'm sure you had it tough uh, at Brentford, but if, you know everything was kind of like going going the right way for you, weren't it? Yeah, like for, but again, when I went to Brentford, for me, I thought I was just going to go there as a bit part player. I thought obviously coming from non-league, they're just bringing me just to nurture me, get me into the reserves, and then play a, a couple of games in the first in that first season. If anything, that's for sure. But like you said, James, it just went from strength to strength. I I, I ended up I was oh I, I was the only player that season to play every single game. Fifty six games we played that year, right. uh, and then I ended up leading goal scorer in the league as well. Twenty five goals. It was just like it was proper Royal Rovers stuff. I couldn't believe it. Three hat tricks in the season as well, and just scored a goal to win the champion. It was just like couldn't believe it. It was it was nuts, absolutely nuts. I mean, did did you change your style of play or like throughout the whole time at Slough and what have you? Is, have you just always been like the same, yeah, the same sort same, of striker? Same pace, power in behind. Obviously, back in them days, a lot of four four two, wasn't it? You know, uh, yeah, four four two is dead now, by the way. Isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I still I still love four four two. You know, I still love it, man. I, you know, it's so a good magazine, like, but that's about it. Yeah. To be fair. <laughs> yeah, Lloyd, was there any players that like? kind of helped you when you first went to Brentford? Yeah, kind yeah, of, look, when I first... Took you under the wing? First, yeah, Ija Anderson, uh, you know what I mean? Big brother of mine, he, he, when he came, when they all come back from their trip, he took me under his wing. But when I was, because when I was, when they were away, then Darren Powell had signed as well uh, from non-league from Hampton and he was just doing his prehab as well. Uh, he was there, but like, yeah, people like, uh, I would say if any, if anyone out of most of the, that team, that era there was, Ija was the one who definitely took me under his wing uh, and always appreciate everything he did. And then obviously, but then we had a nice a nice group of core players. Uh, and then look, we had, we had a lot of experience like Jamie Bates, Warren Aspinall's, Charlie Oakways in the squad. Then you had a little, then you had Andy Scott as well, that older era. Then you had uh, a lot of the younger boys who had come from Crystal Palace, like Robert Quinn, uh, Danny Boxall, Tony Folan. So you had a bit of experience. Boys who just hadn't really cracked it in the Prem in championship back in them days. And he brought in, and obviously us three from non-league, Martin Rowland and myself and, and, uh, Darren Pound and later on Gavin Martin come a few months later. So uh, we had a great blender mix. But like I said, Ija was definitely the one who looked after me the most. And then from there, a few of the older boys obviously give me a bit of a, a bit of advice here. But Ija for, for sure was my number one. Did that give you a lot of confidence? Yeah, it did, because like you say, you, you're coming from an, you're coming from a non-league environment. You don't you've you've not been in this environment before. You've got to just get obviously get up get up to speed with it. And luckily, because I'd been doing that training with Danny, I had I had a bit more base in me. And everything, but uh, yeah, I just used to give me confidence. Used to talk to me, uh, but then, like I said, when I was when I was on the pitch, then obviously I had uh, I was playing up front with uh, they brought in a guy called Scotty Partridge who'd been around the traps a bit as well. So he was a he was a great strike partner. He gave me a lot of uh, advice. Uh, Andy Scott was a good guy on the left wing. He would talk to me a lot. So yeah, it was nice. It was good to have that that blend of experience and youth. Good stuff. Now, I mean, just fast forward a little bit to when you to when you signed for Sheffield Wednesday. So, obviously, you were you were out of contract at the time. I mean, yep. you'd done so well at Brentford, you know, scoring goals for fun. I mean, how did it come to the fact that you were out of contract? Yeah, so we it was it, I, it was my fourth year at Brentford. So, like I said, my original contract was three years, and then halfway to that, I signed an additional year, made it up to four, and then that was the year. So, look, we we ended up getting to the playoff final against Stoke. Uh, and it was a time when the ITV money was around as well. So obviously a lot of clubs started to have some money. But then when it happened and a lot of clubs already sort of pre-contracted their players, that the players that they wanted, because then IT, like you probably know, ITV Digital, then it went bust. Yeah. So, or luckily for myself, to a certain extent, we were going into that season, going into that playoff final, knowing that if we get promoted, we all knew our contracts were up. But I reckon we may have all stayed together and got up together in the championship. But then on the flip side, we all know if we didn't go up, we were all like out of contract. And obviously we want to make sure we want to either get to that next level, which was the championship or Prem. Uh, obviously we lost the playoff final. So I just knew, look, Brentford, I've had a four, four great years. I, me individually, I want to progress my career and try and, and go to the next level. So uh, after we played, we lost that game, had probably eight to 10 clubs after me. Because like you said, I was a yeah. Bosman, I was a free agent. So uh, spoke, I spoke to all 10, eight to 10 clubs, went to even go and see all of them. Uh, and then, yeah, end up com coming up to Sheffield. Came up, I remember came up with my advisor, Les, came up by train, stayed up there for a night, went around the stadium and I was just like, oh, this is nice. Because prior to that, ideally I wanted to ideally stay in London. So I saw Crystal Palace, QPR. Uh, but then I, when I got up to Sheffield, I was like, well, this, this is something different now, even though away from my comfort zone to a, to a certain extent. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? I just, just had a feeling just the way the man turned you off at the time, he was how he was with me, the, the chief executive. I was like, you know what? This, this, this could be my place to be. So... I gave them my hand, said to them, yep, I'm, I'm your man. And then just literally, I must have been two hours later, I got a phone call from Neil Warnock. 
he said, <laughs> he, goes, Lloyd, he goes, I heard you up in Sheffield. I said, yeah, he said, uh, we would love to have you at Sheffield United. And I was like, look, I said, look, uh, Neil, I'm a man of my word. I've already given Terry my, my hand. He goes, look, I respect that. He goes, just make sure that when we pay, you don't uh, score against us. <laughs> like, we're, we're going to get into the money. Uh, yeah, so that was that. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's what happened there with Sheffield. That's how I ended up signing for Sheffield Wednesday. Because you were you were injured, weren't you? When you when yeah. when we signed you, um, yeah. and obviously I'm I'm guessing Terry Orif knew that when yeah. Uh, yeah. when when he signed all you. Clubs, all the clubs knew. So straight after, I was actually injured in the playoff final. I, my knee was a bust. I'd done my menis- meniscus in a couple of games before the playoff final. But Steve Cobble said, "Look, we need obviously we didn't have the biggest of depth of team." And he said to me, "Look, I need you to if you feel like you can play, it's not gonna, it's, you can't get no worse." And I played on. With it, and then all the clubs I spoke to, they all knew that I had an operation after that final uh, went in, and then obviously they they knew I was injured. And they knew it was going to be a serious injury, just new meniscus trim up. Back in them days, I'll be back six to eight weeks, and then uh, yeah, they all knew. So, do you think was, Lloyd, do you think that was one of the reasons why Brentford let you go, or uh, injury had nothing nah. to do with it? Yeah, injury had nothing to do with it because, like I said, Giles, because of because of what happened in regards to not getting promoted, yeah. I think we would have, and then I reckon they would have not been able to afford us even if, because then we would have sort of, because we've had such a good season, I yeah. gone in, if, they, if they had said to me, we want to keep you, I would have gone, okay, yeah, you want to keep me, but and as much as Brentford is little old Brentford, they, they probably might have not been able to afford us then. So I see. that's why, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've said there that you had like, you know, 10, 8, 8 9, 10 offers uh, from different clubs. Um, did it come down to money or were it just a case that you no. liked what you saw at Sheffield Wednesday? Because yeah, I mean, at no. the time, we, we weren't offering a great deal of money, were it to be, to be no, fair, again, in the grand, no, grand scheme of things. We weren't offering great money, but the boys were already there. The, the likes of the ship, uh, Tron Solvix, uh, Kevin Pressman, they were on like silly money. Gerald Sabon, Sheffield They were on silly money. Yeah, yeah, Gerald, yeah like stupid, like 10, 15 grand a week money, where yeah. myself at the time, Twenties uh, and thirties, James. Easy, no, nothing. Some, some of them for them boys. Some of them is crazy. You know what I mean? But uh, I myself, like I said, when I went to I went to Crystal Palace, offered me a good package. Uh, QPR was a good package. I mean, Wednesdays was nice. Was nice as well. But it wasn't about the money. It's just about I just had it all. I just had a feel. Just had something about it. Like I said, Terry Yoff made me feel really welcomed. And then uh, obviously signed signed a three year contract there. And like I said, I was probably when I look at that squad overall. Hey, I said I was probably one of them. Oh, but yeah, definitely one of the lowest, lowest paid players when I first came in. Is which it, is understandable because I, I not as I hadn't done it in the championship yet. I've only done league yeah. one before, so it's understandable. I was just happy with the with the wage. Don't get me wrong; it was a new yeah. lease of life. But yeah, it gave me something to go forward for. It's, it's interesting you said that because you know, as fans and what have you, there's a lot of people that say, "Oh, he's just in it for the money. He's just you know, he's just just doing this, that, and the other." So it's mm. interesting to hear that for, for you, it was more the the experience and the the feel for the for the club as it was the actual how much you're earning each 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 week. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's gotta be a bit of both in a way. And listen, I'm not listen, I'm not money orientated at all. But you've got to understand for footballers it is a short career. Of course it is, yeah. So so footballers need to earn as much money as they as, as possible. Do you, do you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm not saying that you go to wherever the most money is, but there's got to be a factor of you know, looking at what what the deal is on the table. Do you know what I mean? Would you agree, Lloyd? No, that's that's for sure. Look, like you say, it's a short career. I mean, if, if you've played more than ten years as a professional, you've done okay for yourself. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So you've got to, like, say, you've got to try and get as much as you can to invest and do what what else you do. But like I said, we'll go on to it later on. I mean, I went again when I left Wednesday. Again, we'll come back later on. I left there and I went on less money to to championship because I just wanted to play. So for me, it's all about the the playing and the love of of playing football and. Uh, like I said, yeah, like I said, Wednesday was good for me. It, it was nice, uh, but obviously, overall experience didn't end up the best. And I guess we'll probably allude to that in a minute. So yeah, I mean, uh, at, at, the t- at the top, I, I you know I called you the Minute Man, which quite a lot of mm. people uh, say not not like that, ladies. If you're uh, if you're listening, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you uh, you you. You made your debut uh, in the you know the Steel City derby. I mean, first of all, like what a game to to make your debut in. All right, I know it, it wasn't your full debut. You came off the mm. off the bench, but uh, yeah. but yeah, like just want to talk yeah. us through that. Yeah, that, that, was, that whole that was day some, really. That was some surreal stuff because I actually had a dream. I actually had a dream about this. So uh, I used to say I remember I was in the gym. Oh, what was it the Sunday night before? I had a I had a dream a couple of weeks prior, and I said to uh, Quinny, I remember I was in the in the gym with Quinny, uh, Alan Quinn. Lee Bromley, Derek Geary, Haslam, a few were just doing our session. And I said to the boys, oh, I had a dream that I'm going to make my debut against Sheffield United and I'm going to score my first touch. And they were like, shut up, bro. what are you talking about? Trust me, trust me. 
<laughs> so I knew, I knew, I knew my pro. I know, I knew my uh, rehab, my my rehab process was going towards being back around that sort of time. Yeah. Uh, so obviously I was, I was building up to that, and I was actually building up to that game, knowing you know what I mean. Sheffield Derby got to try and be involved because the boys were telling me, and the people in the seat were just saying it's just a special, special derby. Mm. So obviously come around the corner, September the first, two thousand and two, and obviously yeah, I was fit enough to play a couple of uh, in-house games, and then uh, tell you obviously yeah, you're going to be on the bench, and then I said I just knew this perception in my head. I knew I had this dream. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, what me on seventy second minute, and they're like, you know, yeah, forty five, whatever, sixty seconds later, bang in the back. And then if you see, if you see the celebration, you see me running off, and I say to Quinny, "What did I effing tell you? What did I effing tell you?" And then that was, <laughs> it's a real, yeah, it was just like just a real like say ever since then. Uh, Sheffield fans were were adhered to me, and uh, yeah, I was ever grateful to them for that year. I mean, like j- just the. I mean, we always talk about you know the, the players that have played in the Steel City derby. I mean. Had you played? Well, you, you, did you play in a derby before that? Like for Brentford, yeah, what's that? Yeah, what's Brentford, the Brentford, Brentford QPR? But Brentford obviously, QPR. To, you know, to go yeah. in front of you know twenty odd thousand. Uh, oh, mate. Well, there were Man. over thirty thousand fans there, weren't they? That, that day, yeah, yeah, over thirty thousand. It's crazy. Like, like just the just the whole atmosphere. It's like it's just it's it's a game that obviously as a as a Sheffield Wednesday fan you when we're in the same division you always look for that one you always look yeah. for for Wednesday against United you know when we're playing at home when we're playing away uh, and things like that but just to be to be in the in the ground and so I suppose it wasn't even that really it's, it's, it's like you said there it's like the whole week it's like a whole week build yeah, up, up in it to the game massive. yeah build up like I said I remember the press were coming they were talking about it. I, mean, I remember even seeing I remember the police even came to the the police even came to the, the training ground to talk to us about it and say look this is what happens at the weekends because I remember they closed the city on that Sunday. I remember they closed up the city and a lot of shops were getting boarded up because of because of the riots, because of the Wednesdayites <laughs> yeah. and, and the BBC boys. So uh, it was just phenomenal. But like I said, being in front of that crowd, especially to score the, the cop end, oh man, goosebumps, absolute goosebumps. Yeah. I mean, obviously you've, you said Terry Orif, uh, you know, signed you. What, what were you... He wasn't there for, for too long before uh, before he yeah, got, the, got the sack. But what, what was he like? What was he like with yourself? Yeah, lovely guy. Like I said, he, he, I met when I met him at the when I prior to signing. I met him, and he was just like a nice guy, just chilled, relaxed, very calm. And uh, yeah, obviously, but like you say, we didn't do the best for him overall, and then obviously he ended up getting a sack early doors into that into that campaign. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've, you've played for quite a few different clubs. You know what it's like when um, I'm sure you've seen quite a few managers come and come and go mm. whilst you're at the different clubs. I mean, it must be tough when um, you know when a new manager comes in because I. I think it's fair to say that things didn't, you know, you didn't hit it off with with Chris Turner. You know, you you, you didn't make any you of, know, you didn't make many starts. Uh, yeah. you, you, know, you, had to, you had to come off the bench, and you found it found it tough. Was that was that just a yeah. case of him not favouring you, or what? What yeah. was the again? Because I mean, that's obviously we we got relegated, or prior to him coming in, obviously he took over a bit, and then obviously he, we got relegated into League One at the time, and then even that following season, I ended up I started the game, we won three, two I think away of Swindon, I scored two goals, and then uh, he just just wasn't using me just bit part here, there. And I guess look, at the end of the day, look, I respect managers, all my managers I see, I always got time for always say hello. I'd always shown that respect. But on the flip side, managers obviously have their own players that they want to bring in, which is understandable. If he hasn't really brought me in, he may not like my play, etc. And that's and that's fair enough. Each manager to their own opinion. And that's sort of what happened between me and him. So I didn't really get that real chance to to really shine in the end. And uh, yeah, and obviously subsequently I ended up leaving on loan. But yeah, I wish I wish I I wish I to be fair when I look back, I do wish I, I, I could have stayed at Sheffield Wednesday and, and sent out the seasons and and, and progressed myself individually uh, as a player, but it didn't happen in the end. Yeah, I mean uh, we spoke to yeah, to Chris Turner, we've had him on the uh, on the on the podcast and what have you. And he he spoke, I mean you've, you've already kind of alluded to it a little he bit was in terms of you Lloyd. I hammering <laughs> You <laughs> mean you've already alluded to it in a, in a certain extent in terms of like the the guys that were on the big wages that come down from the prem and what have you. And he spoke about a bit of a divide between uh, between some of the players, you know, yeah, the likes was. of Sibon and what have you. I mean, you know, would you, would you say that they were when when you that's came into that tr- dressing room? So many people I've spoken to in other podcasts in the past, it's very similar. Like I said, I remember walking into that change room, and like it was, it I actually felt a divide as soon as I walked in. Like you'd see all the senior boys at the top end of the change room. The, the Efna Kukus, Shefki Kuchis, Sabons. Uh, then you'd have all the y- younger ones who come through the youth team, Quinny, Geary, Lee Bromby. Uh, I'm sure, I'm guessing, yeah. I'm sure, yeah. And then, then you had the ones who had really just come there, Ashley Westwood, Maka, was sort of, and then the lone players, then all the ones who came on, myself, then the <laughs> ones who came on loan were sort of on their little section. So it was a real divide. Like you said, there was, like I said, them boys, were their money hadn't been 
with, hadn't been dropped from the Prem. So these boys on 15, 20 bags a week. You think they yeah. were bored playing in, in the championship? They, they're just smoking a lardy, mate. They were very still getting paid. Yeah. yeah they, were, they were happy. They were still getting their money week in, week out, whether they paid or not. So they were happy. So when obviously he came and obviously he started to cut a lot of these boys, uh, obviously some of them moved on wherever. And then obviously, but then when my time come around, again, like I said, each to their own, he wanted his own players in. And then, yeah, I wasn't fit. I wasn't deemed fit enough to, or fit, not fit enough, but not deemed to be one of his style kind of players. So have you, have you had that Giles where, where new managers come in and they've just kind of not, you know, they've brought perhaps another centre mid in and, and, and started playing them in more, you know, instead of yourself. Have you ever, have no, you had that? Do you know what? There was just two occasions I can think of. So one was obviously when Alan Irvine got sacked uh, at Wednesday, then we, uh, we brought in Gary Megson. Uh, Gary Megson actually played me for for the for the probably first five six games. I think I played a few games under him, but then he obviously we we had a little falling out, and then he just literally pied me. I was gone. Didn't play mm. for Sheffield Wednesday again for like eighteen months. Oh, but then wow. Dave Jones came in. So Dave Jones came in as I went on loan to Berry. So I was on loan because Megson said I wasn't going to play for the club again, right? So then I went on loan. While I was on loan, Megson got sacked. So I was thinking, mm. well, Dave Jones, new manager, he might want to, you know, have a look at me. Of course. So when I went back, I was thinking I was going to get a chance, but Dave Jones, obviously, and it could be, you know, a bit of perception in, in football where, because I was already out on loan, he must have thought maybe I wasn't good enough. Yeah. Mm. So he didn't really give me an opportunity. Straight away, it was, it was the following year, the preseason came. Um, I came back from my loan. Uh, started pre-season, I was with the boys, but straight away it was like, he made it clear, like, yeah, you can you can go on loan. And I was thinking, oh, oh my God, not even getting a chance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and when I went on loan to Swindon, so I thought, I'm going to have to go. So I went on loan to Swindon, but I got injured after the first couple of games. Came yeah. back to Wednesday, played in a resi game, and he watched me in a resi game when I was coming back. And literally played really well. A week later, I started for Wednesday. So it's like, it's, it was crazy. So he didn't really, he wasn't having me, but I think he was only not having me because he hadn't seen me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know crazy. I mean? It's crazy how it happens, isn't it, with the, mm. with the managers and, uh, and, and whatnot. Um, I mean, we, 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 you, you said that you went off to, to Reading on, on loan, but before we get on to that, uh, one player that I just want to talk about is Chef uh, Kikuchi. Now, not for his goal scoring, but more for his celebration more than, uh, more than anything. Now, yep. please, please tell me that in training you guys had a go at doing the uh, the swan dive. You must have, surely. Hell no, you would never <laughs> see me do. It. I don't know how a man can sweep, like spray and fly in the air like six foot and land on his chest just like. Boom. How's he not getting nuts. injured? Ah, oh, it's nuts. Chefki was a beast. To be fair, he's a top lad. I spoke to him the other day. It was his birthday, so I wished him happy birthday the other day. But he was an absolute beast, mate. So nothing, nothing hurt him, mate. Mate, nothing hurt <laughs> that kid. Did, any, just, did anyone honest, try it? Let's be honest. It wasn't a little jump here. No, it, it was. It was a. It was a. It was a skydive. A sky it was up in the air, up in the air, six, six feet in the air, and then land on his chest. Mad, mad. No one. Sure. Tried, no one. No one tried. No one tried it. No one. Tried it. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. It won't. You know what? Like I said, uh, he scored a few goals, so we saw that. We saw that. Uh, saw that celebration a few times. But the first mm. time I saw it, I thought. What is he doing, mate? Like you know, like you said there, Giles. He must he must hurt himself. But yeah. um, on, on to your celebration then. The uh, the old uh, you know raised raised the roof. Where, where did uh, where did that one come from? This actually came sort of accidentally in a way. I remember we played. Uh, I think it was Darlington at home one game at Brentford, and then uh, I, just, I just scored a goal and I just automatically run away uh, and then just done it automatically. Just didn't even think of it, and then came out the next couple of games. I think, and then I must have scored again. And next thing. I heard all the fans going boo, like a woosoo, but I thought they were booing me and then they were starting all raising their hands in the, up in the air. And I said to Peter Gillum, I said to Peter Gillum, the announcer, why were they booing? He goes, no, they were just saying your surname. They think they've got a new little little chant for you. It's like, oh, well, so ever since then, I decided to do it. And I like, for me, it's all about the fans. I like, I like interacting with the fans because at the end of the day, without yeah. the fans, us players aren't nothing. So uh, of course. Every, everywhere I went, you know, and like you say, to do it in that, to do it in that derby and do it, do it in front of the cop and see the whole cop doing it. Oh, again, unbelievable experience. Unbelievable. Yeah. What's your little celebration, Giles? No, nah, listen, I don't score many goals, do I? So I know we have scored a few. So what's no, your? No, I scored a few. Nah, you know what? I I ain't actually got an actual celebration. I just, oh. you know, so, normally it's just angry. I'm normally angry. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, I'm not knowing what to do, like just screaming, mm. running well, to you the could, fans. Well, you could, you know, that, that was the one against uh, against Brighton, weren't it? Where you ran the full length of the yeah, ran I'm the full length of the, the pitch. 
always running for <laughs> the crowd. Like, like Lloyd said, you got that interaction. You want that interaction, right? So yeah. anytime I scored a goal, I always, nine times out of 10, I was always running to wherever our fans were to, to celebrate. Yeah. Nice. Yes. I mean, nice. just look, just look at, at your time uh, at Sheffield Wednesday. I'm just looking at the squad that we that we had. Like I so said, you mentioned uh, you mentioned a few, but there were also um, like so Leon Knight as well. He was a bit of a um, wayward, wayward character. <laughs> a, yeah, a character. I think that, that that's a that's a safe way of, of putting Wait, it. To he me. still is, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what 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 was it? What was he like when uh, when he came in? Because he had a bit yeah. like, a bit of yeah, a reputation, Leon, didn't he? Yeah, really? he had a bit of a reputation. Leon was Leon, man. He nothing phases him. He just pure street. Look, he's he's a boy from Hackney, uh, proper ghetto street. He's been brought up like that, and he don't give a damn if anyone tells him something he don't like. He'll just he'll just let you he'll let you know. But t- but as a player, finisher. A player? I heard I heard oh, he was a finisher. Uh, it, 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 he was. I mean. It, Obviously, him and Jermaine Defoe were best friends growing up from when they were kids. And Leon and probably Jermaine will probably say the same, that Leon was probably the better player technically in finishing. Leon was just superior. He could finish. He was any corner, bottom, left, top, right. He, he, he was... he was, what, he was Right foot, left foot. He was just... Oh, anything, anything. Yeah. Wow. I mean, luckily, he grew up in the era with, with Zola's and... And yeah, uh, crazy. Jimmy, Jimmy Hasselbank coming up through Chelsea ranks and him the LeBeouf and all these big, big players back in his day. So he he, he had a, he had a great pedigree of people to uh, observe and admire. So a top player. I mean, again, just looking through the squad, uh, you don't have to comment on these players, but we, we had some, um, I don't know how kind of way of putting it, rubbish, let's just say rubbish. Uh, John Bezwetherick, he was... Uh, he was a Plymouth, didn't he? He come from yeah, um, Kim Olsen as well. If you tweet to any Wednesday fan, them two players always pop up as the players that have perhaps not. You know, I'm, I'm being kind by saying it, it didn't quite work out at Sheffield <laughs> Wednesday. Let's uh, yeah. let's uh, let's say that. Um, I mean, can you put your finger on why it perhaps didn't work out in terms of not not just yourself, but in terms of the um, you know, in terms of the actual squad and what have you? What you know, was, was it down yeah. to the fact that we didn't have any money or? What was it? What was it down both. to? There was a, a bit of both, obviously. Like I said about the manager coming in, bringing in his different players. There was no real synergy between the players and, and any club that's successful. You have to have synergy between all players. And I think, like you say, like Giles said earlier, there was there was, there was clicks here, there, everywhere. So when you have yeah. clicks here, there, everywhere, you're never going to succeed. That's not that's just not even in in football. That's in life in general. So yeah. like, yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately, that's what happens. Yeah, uh, you, you said that you obviously went on uh, on loan to to Reading. Was that? Was that your call to, to say, you know, put me out on loan or was that the manager's call? Yeah, it's funny, funny story about that. So uh, we played Brighton uh, in that League One campaign at the time. So we played Brighton and I was on the bench. So uh, I was going to see Cobble because he's one of my, because I was at Brentford with him before. And uh, he says, oh, so you're not playing? I was like, you know, I'm not really playing. He goes, oh, would you want to come on loan here? And I'm like, yeah, I would love to. He goes, look, just keep it quiet. Keep it with me. We'll see what I can try and sort something out. So anyway, I'll, me being loyally big mouth, I went in on the Monday morning, said to the boys, oh man, I could be going on loan to Brighton back down south, happy days. And then next thing, one of the boys comes down, comes from upstairs the canteen, comes down, says, oh, you heard of the news, boys? And everyone's like, no, what? He goes, oh, Steve Cops has just signed for Reading. And I'm like, oh, fuck. They all started taking a piss at me. Obviously, he's gone to Reading. I'm like, fuck, you know, now. So there's me, I've got to stay at Sheffield Wednesday. Anyway, a uh, couple, couple of months later, couple of months later, I'm still in and out of the team at Wednesday. And then I get a phone call from uh, Steve Koppel. Hi, Lloyd, Steve Koppel here. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, is, that, is that how he talks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was trying to wind I want you to come on loan to Reading. And I was like, nah, just wind up. He goes, and he goes, nah, he goes, uh, I'm going to get Brian McDermott to give you. So anyway, Brian McDermott called me. He was a he was a chief scout at the time. So Brian called me. He goes, Lloyd, yeah, look, we want to get you on loan. And I was like buzzing, obviously, got to see if I can get a loan moving out. They were in the championship. Like I said, they were in the championship. I'm in League One now. And he goes, look, we're going to get the secretary to sort everything out and get you down here for hopefully just before the Boxing Day game uh, against Wimbledon. So, yeah, luckily, this time I kept my mouth quiet. I didn't say nothing to no one. And then uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, yeah, I, I never, yeah, I never said, because I kept my mouth quiet and no one knew, I actually sort of didn't even get a chance to say goodbye to the boys. All right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I ended up going, driving back down London met Brian um, and then went to sign for Reading on loan for initial, I think it was initial one month. Then he went to a three month loan and then luckily got a permanent deal. So, uh, and then as much as I was on uh, in the championship, I was actually on more money. I could have stayed at Sheffield Wednesday on more money, uh, but I obviously signed up went, uh, for Reading on less money, but because I just wanted to play football and obviously at a higher level. Yeah. I mean, um, you, you, after Reading, you, you went back to, uh, you went back to Brentford Um mm. Martin Allen was the uh, yep. was the Mad gaffer dog. at the time. <laughs> yeah, mm. oh, he's he, like, he must I, have I, some stories about him. Oh, have yeah, we well, sure have, man. Yeah, he was look, he was nuts. So obviously, I, I was at Reading, and when I look back at it in hindsight, 
I should, should have I stayed at Reading? Maybe yes. I still had another year, and it was a year. The year I left, they got promoted to the Prem, and uh, less coupled. A lot of the guys who were, he said to me, I can't guarantee week in week out play, which I know I understood that. So I said, look, I want to. For me, again, not about money. I just, I just need to play football. Uh, and then he said, uh, I can't guarantee you. But then that year, the boys when they got up, even the boys who hardly played in the championship that year, he gave them all Premiership contracts. So when I look back, would if he had done the same for me? Maybe because I especially had a great relationship with him. But then uh, I remember I was playing the reserve game for Reading and I got to my car and there was a note on my car, yeah, and it says, your club needs you. I'm thinking, I'm looking around, who's freaking put this on my car window screen? I'm like, that was it. Today, I get a phone call saying that, I'm, uh, that Brentford want to sign me. So I went to go and see Martin, no, Martin, uh, sorry, Martin Allen at the airport with my advisor, Les. So we start, started talking and they started talking contracts and I was like, no, look, I'm quite happy. Everyone says that don't never go back to where you've been before. So next thing he turns around and goes, your club wants you. And it just ran back. I went, was that you, Gaffer? Was that you? But that note on me goes, and he just he got this little chuckle. His, um, <laughs> yeah, he just little things like that. So yeah, it was him who put the note on my car and then end up signing for end up signing for him at and Brentford. And then like I said, I went back there quite successful again with them. Uh, but like I said, he, he was just a nutter. Some of the stuff he would do, training and his mythology in regards of preparations before games. I remember one game, uh, we, we sort of, obviously, you know, Charles, you know, as you travel to away games, if you're playing up south or down, so wherever you play back and forth anyway. So uh, we were going up to one game. I can't remember the first who we were playing though. So we're driving up, driving up a dual carriageway. He tells John, the drive, the bus driver, to, to stop the bus. So like we're in the middle of a dual carriageway now, yeah? And you know, like obviously in England, you've got the got mini roundabouts with grass verges on it. Yeah. So he goes, all the boys get off. So just imagine, busy, busy dual carriageway, by the way. Busy dual carriageway. <laughs> So a car zoomed up this dual carriageway. It goes, quick, get across, get across to the mini roundabout. So we'll, everyone starts getting onto this mini roundabout. We start doing a warm-up <laughs> on this mini roundabout while cars are driving and going around, just doing high knees, bum flips. We were like, gas is massive. Yep, on the way to an away game. So that was that. So he goes, yep, now for this finish, let's get back on the bus, get to the hotel. Anyway, get to the hotel now, pissing down with rain now. And you know that normally you go and do, you go and warm, you go and do a training session, Giles, before you might go to a little park. So, but because yeah. it was pissing down, we couldn't do it. So, uh, we, and the gaffer loved set pieces. He used to love set pieces. So anyway, we've gone to his hotel, seven o'clock dinner, players in their room, gaffer in there, the, the, the coaching staff in another room. So we're all sitting down, sitting there, eating our dinner, like, enjoying it. And just happened to be in this room, yeah, there was a, there was an alcove in a wall. So it looked like a goal. So gaffer walks in, <laughs> gaffer walks in now. And he goes, boys, obviously, because we couldn't do set pieces, we're going to do them in here. We're all looking around thinking, what do you mean we're going to do set pieces? Like in, we're, in, we're, in, we're having our dinner. He goes, starting 11, stand up. So we all knew to start 11 myself, uh, Isaiah Rankin, Marcus Gale, Soji, Nelson was a goalkeeper, Darren Prattley. So he goes, Nelson, go and stand in that arc, which was the goal. He goes, go and stand in it. So we're like, okay. And then he goes, Prattley, just go and stand about 10 yards over there towards the, to, on the just like if you were taking a corner. He goes, and he goes, the, the four attackers, you come and stand here. So he got, he goes, Rankin, you stand on the goalkeeper. We're thinking, yeah, what was it? Oh, I thought, okay, fair enough. Let's walk through him. Let's just, let's just walk through the motions of it. He gets a bread roll from the table. <laughs> and he flings his bread roll. He, bring, he flings his bread roll to Prattley. He goes, Prattley, there you go. Prattley goes, Gaff, what do you want to do? He goes, that's a football. He goes, I want you to toss it in the box and I want the four attackers to go and attack it. So get Prattley flings this bread roll into the box, make makeshift box. They got all me, Sodji Turner, all attacking this box. Attacking this bread roll. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> like, he was just little things like that. And then uh, and another another funny one, we went to Not Forest, Not Forest away, and they were flying. Forest were flying at the time. And uh, you know, City ground, you know, it's 25,000 there. So anyway, we were all warming up. Forest are favourites to win this game. We were all warming up. And then Gafford never, ever come down. He, he never used to come out for warm-up, just the, uh, the fitness coaches do it and the physios come do the... F- so next week, you see the Gafford walking around the City ground. Like, we see him walking around the boardings, walking around... Gets to the back of the goal and he's just obviously he's just watching all us and we're like, okay, we're doing our quick keep ball. Next thing, he walks up the steps with all our fans are. And we see him sitting with all our fans while they're all coming into the stadium. So next thing he goes, <whistles> so he whistles, we all turn around thinking, what's going on? He goes, boys, come here, come here. So we all come to the, we all come to the board and we're looking up to the gaffer. Go, what's up, gaffer? He goes, all come up here, all come up. I'm like thinking, well, gaffer, we're warming up, mate. Let us warm up. He goes, just come up here. So we all jumped over the boardings. He goes, come and sit in between the fans, come and sit in between the fans. So all the Forest fans looking and their players warming up, looking, where's the Brentford boys all going? They're all going, he goes, what I want you to do, I want you to sit, I want you to sit among the fans, all, just spread yourselves out. And then what I want you to do, boys, is just 
watch, pretend you're watching a game and start abusing yourselves. Start giving yourselves <laughs> stick. So we're all sitting there thinking, no what do you mean? Goes, goes, start, so, so, imagine, so imagine the game's kicked off. He goes, yeah, Wusu, you're shit, Gailey. And all the fans will join in. And the Forest fans were thinking, what's going on here? Oh, we didn't even walk up now. So he, five minutes ago, we've done, abused ourselves, obviously, theoretically on the on the pitch, looking at thinking we're doing it. We walked. Oh, yeah, speak. That's how to say it. Speak. We're all shouting out. Oh, yeah, we do your shit. Thank you, What a baggy touch and this like this. <laughs> so we anyway, we've walked down the stairs. We've walked down the stairs. <sighs> didn't, didn't even go to a change room. Didn't even go to a change room. Just gone in and then uh, come out. We won the game three one. And then another <laughs> oh, one. Then, this other story is another classic though. <laughs> so Charles, again, you know, like you go to a game. You go. You either go tracksuit or you go suit. Or suit. sometimes. Oh. A, Oh, yeah, or sometimes Gaffer tell you bring your suits, maybe we might wear them, whatever. So anyway, yeah, away yeah. game, Brentford always tracksuit. Away game, always tracksuit, always, never suit, never. So Gaffer pulls me and Gailey and says, uh, tell the boys that this week I want you to bring your suits. So fair enough, you're happy days. You're thinking, yeah, you bring your suit, we're gonna wear a suit. So anyway, thrown up to Hartlepool, gone up to Hartlepool, pre uh, pre-match meal, Gaffer calls me and Gailey and goes, Boy, uh, boys over here. So what's up, Gaffer? He goes, Listen, tell the boys. That they've all got their suits. We'll go, yeah, yeah. He goes, okay, tell the boys, I want them to wear shoes, <laughs> tracksuit bottoms, <laughs> shirt and tie, and a blazer. And like, oh gaffer, gaffer, gaffer. I said, gaffer, you, you, mean, you mean our trousers? No, no, tracksuit bottoms, shoes, shirt and tie, and your blazer. So we've all oh got to spread the message out to the boys. The so boy, gaffer told us, and he goes, they're all like, shut up, man. You're, no, honestly, so I swear, no, whatever. I like, see all of us walking down to the car, meet the coach. Walking down our tracksuit bottom shoes, shirt and tie, and Wait, blazers. Have you have you got a picture of that? Please, please, you've you got no, a picture no, of that. No, oh. no, no, we'll shoot, I wish you know what I wish we did. This was back in fucking oh Mate, God. we've all walked down. We've got we've got we've got us, we've got onto the bus, got off the bus now. We've seen some of our fans, they're all looking at us thinking, walk through the tunnel, the Hartlepool fat boys are looking, what the hell? Gone onto the pitch, and everyone's just looking at us thinking, these guys look like waste men. And I'm like, freaking out. So, but again, it's just that aura. I think we just got hardly put off their game. And then we went and won the game. Just, just little, or I wouldn't say little thing, but that was a big, just funny things though in the end. And that's what he's done, man. It, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Would you, say he's, a, would you say he's a good manager then, Martin Allen? Yeah, great man manager. Really? Great yeah? man manager. Tactically and technically, not, not, he ain't, I wouldn't say he's one of the superior that I've worked with in the past. good for the players. Ah, uh, mate, well, you'd, he'd do any, you'd, you'd, you, that's why you run through Brick Wolfram because the way he treats the players, man. Would brilliant. you say he's the best? Because you've had a lot of managers. Would you say you yeah. put him right up there with them with the best? Yeah, yeah. Man I mean, Cops, Cops is Cops is my best, and then I would say Martin. Martin is definitely second, to be fair. Wow. Yeah. When yeah, it's saying to yeah. these things, though, are you not thinking like, are what you off fuck? your rocker? Like, yeah. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but, but yeah. it doesn't surprise you because we know the kind of guy he is. In the end, doesn't surprise you. And yeah. so this is just that's just that's just a, a few stories he's done and. Other players I know, other clubs, what he's done with him, it's just crazy. He's he's, he's mad, but it's all good. And when you look at it, you look back at it, it's, it's funny as hell. I wow. I've not, I haven't laughed so much in, in, a, in a long time. Like just them stories that you're just telling that there. Just giggling after edit all that out because yeah. you won't be able to hear you talk. You just be giggling in the background there. But uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I just want to you know, fa- fast forward a little bit to um, the time where you went to Australia because you, mm. you you went to Australia in what, 2009? Um, yep. Yeah, uh, and then you, you you came you came back, and then obviously you've gone back out yeah. there, and you still st- stayed out there now. So, yeah, what, what how how did that how did that all come about? Because I mean, it's not yeah. like you know, you, obviously you get deals in the UK and what have you, but to get a, yeah. to get someone on the other side of the world saying no, no, you come over here, that's a bit different. So, uh, isn't it? I was at Brighton, went on a two month very successful loan period where when I signed for Brighton, they were eight points adrift with only two months. They were literally relegated. Everyone said they were relegated. Do you know what I mean? But I went yeah. there, played fifteen games, smashed it up, scored seven. And uh, we stayed up in the end. And within that time, I got a phone call from an agent. I was in a change. I remember I was in a change room. I got a phone call from an agent. He goes, "Oh, Lloyd, this is Richie Hidden here. I'm agent based in Australia. A team called Adelaide United are quite keen on you." And I was like, "Australia football, that now?" Nah. I said, nah, "I'm not really too keen on that, mate." I said, uh, "But let, I said, I said, oh, let me think about it. I'll get back to you." But while oh, I was in, how the old change, you, like, in your early thirties, here, aren't you? That- yeah, I did, yeah, I was 31, 32, I think I was. And then. Uh, the physio overheard my conversation. He goes, oh, Lloyd, what's that about Australia? I said, oh, some agents telling me about Adelaide United. He goes, oh, you remember Paul Reed that used to play here? He's obviously Aussie boy. He's back out there and loving life. He goes, he goes, I'll give you his number. Maybe just give him a call. So I gave Reedy a call that evening. I said, oh, Reedy, Lloyd here. He goes, uh, some, your club apparently heard of Keane for me. And this guy called Richie Hinton's called me up. He goes, oh, that's actually his agent. I was like, okay. I said, what's it like out there? He's like, look, it's 
way of life, blah, blah, blah. And within this time, I was always looking, I was always looking for a two-year deal because I thought I've done, I mean, no t- players entitled to anything, but I felt like what I'd done for Brighton, I wanted a two-year deal. And I said to Russell Stade at the time, I said, Gaffer, look, give me a two-year deal, a bit, a bit more security, and I'll even take less money than what I was on. Because I know, Lord, I could only give you one-year deal. I'm like, I always wanted just want that two-year deal. And obviously, I spoke to a few other clubs, but in the end, had they'd offered a two-year deal. But when I, I, they flew me out there to have a look around the place, I had a look around the place. I must have they treated me like a star out there. As soon as I got off the airplane, the paparazzi where the news, all the news reports, <laughs> mate, it was unbelievable. It was like frigging hell. Red and all carpet. Me, yeah, it was massive. Red carpet, best hotels, took me to the best restaurants, had a look around. And I wasn't still too keen, but then I ended up, uh, when I was out, I was like, you know what, this could be a bit of me now. I told them, look, okay, I'm happy. I'm happy to sign. Came back to England, got all my stuff ready. And then obviously went through back out to, to sign. But within that time, I, I, I caught the swine flu when, when the pandemic was then. And uh, that really killed me. So signed my two-year deal there, came back to Adelaide, but I just started on a... Did you not even discuss it with your family, Lloyd? Yeah, um, or with, yeah. I mean, when I came, obviously, while I was out there, obviously speaking, obviously we're talking numbers and figures, et cetera. And then when I came yeah. back, my, my, my partner, was my kid's mum, uh, her dad obviously was living in Perth as well. And she had it to her dad for many, many a year. So when okay. the, the original trip, the original trip, we killed two birds and one stone as well. We saw him after she had it to for years and years. And then obviously came back to England, spoke to my parents, said, look, this is an opportunity. I would love to stay in England, but I wanted to, I did, I want security. I thought, you know what, give it a go. They're playing in the Asian Champions League. So it was a, it was a good scope to sort of maybe progress my, my career. Uh, but again, didn't really materialise that way because of everything in the background, because I had a swine through pneumonia uh, and then chip management as well. So, but when I look at it on the, on the long haul now, I don't regret it at all because look, I'm, I've been offered the opportunity to, to get a visa to stay here. Now I'm a citizen here and uh, I've never really looked back, but overall experience coming here, yeah, it's, it's, it's a decision I definitely don't regret at all. Yeah, and then obviously you, you you came back and uh, you know played in in England for a, for a bit. But yep. was you we were speaking before we start recording? You're saying like was you always intent to to go back out to to Australia from yeah. that first first well, visit? Um, yeah, not an original attempt, but while I was here, the first time I applied for a visa to give me a window if I wanted to come back just to see. So the visa that I applied for was called was called Distinguished Talent Visa, and that was a five year visa. So it gave me a five year window to decide if I wanted to come back. Yeah. So I went to England. So I knew in my back of my mind, if I ever do want to go to Australia, I've got five years to decide before I go back, if I ever did. So obviously came back to England, chasing the game. You know what I mean? I'm 35, 30, 34, 30, 34, 35 at the time, chasing the game, little peanuts here in a conference and league. league so I'm thinking, do I really need this? And then like I said, uh, like I said to you in the pre-record, uh, I was living in South East London. I looked out the back window and I saw these young ghetto boys smoking weed. I'm thinking, I can't let my little girl, she's just born at the time, can't let her grow up like this. I thought, nah, you know what? I had enough money for two years worth of money to say, if I go to Australia, I can go there, build something if I can, knowing that I've always got that base and home is home, you can always come home. So I said, you know what? Two years worth of money with regards to accommodation, rent, didn't have to work if I didn't need to, just to see how we said. People always say, if you emigrate to Australia, you need at least... 12 to 18 months to establish yourself. And yeah. within that time, I, was, I went out, played some professional football out there for, for a local team, I started coaching the private schools and started building my reputation. And then the lifestyle was nice. And, th- and this time I was back in Adelaide as well. Uh, but then Adelaide, like you probably know, it's a very small, a quieter city. It's yeah. not like the hustle and bustle of, of Sydney, like a London. So it's like it's like living in like from like being in London and living in Yeovil's like sort of that sort of comparison, mm-hmm. like, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up I ended up leaving Adelaide, moved to Sydney, and then like you said, I never looked back and uh, yeah, loving life. Yeah, I mean something that we haven't uh, we haven't talked about is obviously your your international career. Um, mm. You 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 know four caps for for Ghana. Um, yeah. You know, you're playing for—is it you're playing for Reading at the time? Reading, I think uh, I'm Reading at the time. Yes, yeah. so I was playing for Reading. I got a phone call from the secretary, and she said, "Lloyd, uh, the Ghana FA want you to—they want you to come and play in a friendly game in France." And I'm like, "Wow!" I Is that another one of them like kind of surreal moments, like in your, in your career? Yeah. And to be fair, it was yes and no because no, just I wasn't—I never ever thought about playing international football. I mean, unless I was playing in the Premiership to hopefully play for England. But when I'm in the League One the Championship, you don't really sort of think about. It. But then when your sort of motherland comes on board, you start having a little thing. You know what? It's good to be on a CV. And like, like I said, we had a friendly game in France and they called myself and Patrick Adjiman up at the time. He was at Wimbledon. And as you boys can imagine, England to France, is, it's easy to get to, yeah? Yeah. It's not like, bruv, I swear, no word of a lie. It took us nearly three days to get to France. 
I got an FA <laughs> I swear. Three days? Ah, oh, serious. It was a joke. Because it was worked out cheaper to get us there, they flew us. So we, we went from Stansted, Stansted to Holland, yeah? yeah? And then we got Holland, and then, then we got a delay in Holland, and then we got uh, from Holland, we flew to somewhere else in France. I can't remember where we flew to, and then from France, then we got a plane, uh, then we got a bus to Lyon, where the game was. <laughs> it took us like, two and a half days to get to France, all because it was cheaper. So me and Patrick, oh my days. So like, and that was then, and this was the day, like, cause I, I never really followed the Ghanaian football team much anyway, but when I got there, there was the likes of Michael Essien at the time, Suleiman Tari, uh, Stephen Appiah. These were like uh, Derek Boateng, uh, all the young, they were all, these were, like, were all younger players, but boy, I swear, no word of a lie. We've done this keep ball session, right? And imagine us, these are all international, all playing in the top leagues in Europe, in Turkey and France and everywhere. We've done this keep ball session and I just stopped in the middle of the session and just, just could not get the ball off these guys. They were technically so superior. I was like, wow. You know, we played a game against FC Lyon, drew 1-1, one, one. I played the second half. Uh, I mean, you've done okay, you know what I mean? And then luckily for myself, I got a couple more other caps later than that. And then unfortunately, just when I was on fire the following year, 2006 for Brentford, on fire for them, I got called up again for a warm-up game just prior to the World Cup. Uh, Ghana's first ever World Cup and I'm not fortunate for myself against FC Stuttgart I ruptured my groin and uh, yeah that was my World Cup campaign over do, but luckily, do, do you Ghana... know what Lloyd do you know mm. what Lloyd that's one thing I'm Ghana in half Ghana in as well mm. right that's one thing I wanted to do so badly man mm. what, wanted to play for Ghana so yeah. bad yeah. so but obviously like you said you had the Essiens the Mantaris like some ridiculous like ridiculous yeah. ridic- people don't really realize how good these players were like ridiculous yeah. and that's one thing i just honestly i love i love ghana man and yeah and man. i'd love to, so if uh if the ghana ghana and fa are listening to this please i'm 35 <laughs> yeah i've still got well, one year please yeah, come quality. come and get me come and get me so, uh, yeah uh, good, so how, many, how many times yeah. have you been to ghana then lloyd no, I had it prior to that. I hadn't been to Ghana since I was uh, 20, 2000, 2000. Right, okay. And, 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 I, and I only went back only two years, I only went back last two years ago uh, from my food from here to London and spent time. I had, had a 20 year gap again. So uh, it was like I said, as, as Giles will probably tell you, I mean, Ghana's evolved so much now. It's, it's, it's unreal. It's unreal. But on the football side, I missed out on the World Cup, but the Ghana FA flew me out to Germany, which was nice of them. I watched a couple of games, which was nice, chilled with the boys. But Overall, I was gutted because I know I was on fire for Brentford. I was playing so well. I mean, Djokovic, who was a coach at the time, even told me I would have, I would have been in the squad for sure. And but I guess it's life, and that's part and parcel of the game, you know, injuries, etc. Yeah. Now, there's something that we've uh, that we've not talked about. Um, now, when I, I put the tweet out earlier uh, that you were obviously coming on the uh, on the podcast, and mm. I think every single person's mentioned it. Uh, being Roger <laughs> being sick on the pitch every week. Gary yep. throwing up every time he come on the pitch. Will yep. that goal and throwing up on the pitch? So yep. yeah, do you want to uh, talk us through this? You know what? Uh, when, when I look back, when I look back, James, now at it over all these years, and obviously back in our times, I think back it wasn't spoke about nerves and anxiety. And yeah. depression. Obviously, I wouldn't. I wasn't. I wouldn't. I wasn't depressed at the time. But all that in evolving yeah. one mental health and back, stuff like that. Mental yeah. health. I think that's what happened. So, from my perspective, when I look back now, it was an ex- an anxiety thing because yeah. I'd gone from little old Brentford, four or five, six thousand a week playing in front of, to all of a sudden this big aura of Hillsborough, which is traditionally mm. everyone knows in England, twenty five, thirty thousand fans, and I think the nerves just got to me. Uh, yeah. So when it, it ended up being a nervous thing at first, but then after that it just become a habit. And even right. even if I was playing, even up to this day now, if I was playing local football, I just do it automatically now. It's just an actual habit that I do. So uh, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm not I'm I'm happy to to say it, it was a it was about nerves and anxiety at the time. Uh, people were thinking of what it was, but yes, that's what when I look back at it now, that's what it comes down to. So so obviously, so the first time it happened was what when Derby did- Day. Derby, uh, yeah, and, and as you can imagine, a Derby day in front of all them fans, it just what proper six, Lloyd. You were proper six. like throwing up, throwing up on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. So after the goal, so I think, and I think all the the, the adrenaline as well, it just all came up, and everyone's thinking what was what was wrong with me. So I end up we had to go see all these top surgeons and everything because they were thinking this isn't right. A player shouldn't be just being sick like that. So I went to go and went to all uh, uh, ENT specialists. I ended up having my tonsils taken out to see if that would help. Had my tonsils taken out. 
I had a little thing up my nose to see stuff like that. No one could, it was nothing. Wow. But then, then I kept, but then like I said, because I kept doing it, it had nothing to do with anything with tonsils or anything. It was just a nervous thing. Nervous. And, 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 so, so did that like ever said, go? Uh, no, uh, no. Yeah, it went, it went after when I got more into it. But then like I said, Giles, it became a habit. So where now, I'm never, now as an old experience, I'm not nervous when I play a game. Of course. Uh, I just do it now because it was, it was like a, it was actually like a relief as well. Before, prior to a game, I'd go in, I would go in before the game, just puke up, just puke up in the change room, just and I, wow. and I felt I felt free in myself. So yeah, were you nervous? Like, are you, you know, is that like kind of your, your personality, or is that something that you, that just kind of came came like about came, when yeah. you signed for Wednesday? Just came, just when I came for Wednesday. I mean, I was never a nervous kind of guy, never. But like I said, I think because of the pressures of that different environment that I was in, where mm, yeah. little, little old Brentford to big old Sheffield Wednesday. Maybe things were even expected of me because I'd scored goals. Yeah. So you, now it's like all of a sudden it just comes comes on top of you. And then uh, I look back. So yes, yeah, so that's what I look look it, look it down to. That's what it goes down to, I would say. I mean, th- like you, you think you've already said it there, like things have changed now, haven't they? And there's a lot more... Um, oh, there's, help. there's help out there. Yeah, exa- help. exactly. Yeah. Like for, for, for stuff like that and, uh, and, and what have you. But yeah, um, Obviously, like I say, you've you've moved to Australia. That's where you are now. It's the mm. it's it's now Sunday where we're in, Sunday. in England. <laughs> it's that late that we're that we're recording this. But uh, I mean, what what is it that you're uh, what is it you're doing now out there? Uh, like- yeah. So luckily, I'm working at one of the top private schools in the whole country called Cranbrook, where I'm uh, the first eleven head coach. And in in Australia, in the private school sector, first eleven football and rugby is it's a very prestigious thing. It's, it's big. So. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of ride there's a lot of ride on it against other private schools and then also I'm the general duty master so I'm in charge of all the discipline at the school so uh, oh, I work yeah. alongside yeah so I work alongside the house masters and the head of the senior school so I I do all the investigations all the uh, like I said detentions so I'm more of, I'm more because I'm not a teacher per se I'm more that middleman between the boys and the teachers and like as you can imagine these boys I'm talking this the school I'm at I'm talking like wealth beyond wealth these are like billionaire kids and millionaires like I've got right. the Packer, like the Packer family, Russell Crowe's kids at the school. Oh, really? Uh, just Nicole just a little kid. name drop there, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That's, uh... Nicole, kid, Nicole Kidman. Uh, like these are like celebrity, like silly people. What silly are you like? People. Are you strict? Are you a strict? So I'm, uh... I'm, I'm, I'm strict, but I'm fair. And that's why the boys like, because they know I'm from London and see all these rich boys. They, they feel that they love all this grime and all this. They think they're like, yeah, they, yeah, of course. They, 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 can, they can relate to Mr. Arus, who is like- Did, did they think like, you're like, Stormzy, did they, died? Yeah, oh, they all did. They also think, yeah. They also think, yeah, Stormzy, they think. So they're all like- you're like, the cool, you're like the cool one as well. The cool one. So where, where they, they- I, I can see you spitting a few bars, Lloyd. Oh, no, not me, mate. not me, not me. Not me. But, uh, like have, said, you, have you spoken to your celebration yet? Oh, they all know. They all, all the kids know. They all know raise the roof, man. They all know it. But they feel comfortable. They feel comfortable around me. They feel like I'm like a big brother per se to a certain extent, where okay. they feel they can talk to me easier than talking to a, to a teacher. So a teacher, and, but when the, yeah. But when the, when the headmaster saw that, because when I went, I was only there as a casual coach for when, for the under 16s when I first joined, and he just saw when I was around the campus, he just saw the way the boys were gravitating to me. So they said the school said, "Mate, we got we got to use this boy to our advantage." We've got a kid mm. that boys look up to. And obviously I've had, because I've had a good career as well, the boys can respect that. And I teach them about, it's not about what, how much money they earn, their parents earn. If they're not respectful boys, when they walk out through them gates in year 12, it's going to be tough for them. So if they can walk out them gates with respect and everything, they've got a chance. And that's what the school loves. So Brilliant. You know, I'm, Brilliant. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Brilliant. Um, just just before we go, we always we always get on the topic of uh, of like pre-season. And it's been some, mm. some of the players that we've spoke to have had some um, different, pre-season experiences and trips away and stuff what were the can you remember the trip the like the pre-season trips that you were you went on when you were at oh, Sheffield Wednesday the, uh no I remember the Wednesday one we went once I think it was Sweden or was it Sweden we went I think to, yeah uh yeah I think Chris Turner took us it's Sweden or Denmark we went I can't I can't 100% remember but that trip was okay but I remember we went on one like I said like I said when I'll go back to Brentford days when they went to La Manga the following season we went to La Manga and that was just a just a crazy, crazy trip to La Manga with Brentford, man. Some of the stuff that shenanigans that went on there, man, and just nuts. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm taking that was your first ever time I on a preseason tour, right? Yeah, yeah. Preseason when I, when I first ever come turn pro to go on preseason tour with Brentford, the second season, man. Herman Ariderson, just an absolute like, great, great player, great leader, but absolute nutter. And ah, <laughs> uh, just, just, just some of the story. Like, I remember when we went there. I mean, it was blind out of his head, and we he, we nicked we nicked this minibus. 
to make this minibus. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't even know how the keys were in the minibus of this. Of we, were at, we had a restaurant, I mean, we were at a restaurant and he's driving back and he's, and he's knocked so many car, car, he's hit so many car windows and doors and going back to the hotel. It, wasn't a, it was only about, a, only about a, a mile trip from, from the restaurant to the, to the villas where we were staying. And next thing, the police have, t- and then we, he's ditched this, he's ditched this van, the, the, the <laughs> minibus, he's ditched it somewhere. And then the police have come to the to the villa and said, oh, we've had reports that they've seen some players driving around and, and smashed, and everyone obviously just like zip like this. It's like nuts. He was just a nutter. The geezer was, oh, he was a great lad, man. A big Hermanator. So uh, yeah, some good stuff, some good times, man, in the past. Good stuff. Good. Right. Uh, have you got anything else to say, Giles? I've got a, uh, I've got a question. So, uh, who would you say was the best uh, player you played with at Sheffield Wednesday? Sheffield Wednesday, best player. I would have to say as much as, as much as uh, I would look at it more as the technical side of a, of a, of, of it and everything. Because I mean, overall collectively we weren't so good as a team, so there was no one that really stood out in regards of working week in week out, unfortunately. But technically, I would have to say Gerald Sabon. Mm. Uh, on his day he could really his, turn on his, it on could on his yeah. day and when I watched him in training though I mean the stuff he did doing training it was so chilled and relaxed but his technical <laughs> yeah. but it was a joke his touch for someone who was six foot five and his strike the way he would tackle the way he would strike a ball with no back lift it was a, it was really? a delight to actually yeah it was, it was a delight to see so I would probably say best player he was probably the best player uh, but then Someone, oh, but then I said, someone who gave it their all. I mean, someone like a Paul McLaren, unsung hero. You mm, know what I mean? Not yeah. technically the greatest of players, but unsung hero would always, he, he would, I mean, in that middle of the park, he would grind. But uh, I must admit, Alan Quinn was a good player. Mm, Alan Quinn yeah. was a very good player. He was a very good technical player. He's a traitor, though, isn't he? Went to United. He would, <laughs> uh, he, would, he would moan a lot. He would moan a lot, but he was a, he was a good player. But Joe was a bomb for me, I would say. Brilliant, brilliant. Right, we're going to uh, wrap it up there, Lloyd. Uh, again, Beautiful. I've enjoyed this uh, this chat. It's been fantastic. Um, you know, some absolutely fantastic stories and and what have you. And uh, yeah, just thanks for uh, taking the time out of your day to uh, t- to talk to us. Thank you, chaps. Absolute pleasure. Enjoy your evening and enjoy your oh, Sunday. Man, Lloyd, thanks a lot for that. Thank man. you. Great stuff. Good Cheers, pleasure, Lloyd. Guys. Thank you very much, Take mate. Care, boy. Goodbye, Cheers, guys. Bye, bye. Cheers. Bye. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.